0: Welcome back to the view, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, everyone. How's it going?
1: Especially Uh, you, Johnny. It's going going well, man. It's
0: been a been a busy weekend. It was great. We just got off of the uh, virtual healing conference that the VCC put on, and I was blessed to be able to speak at it. And uh, you know, we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But uh, it's it's been a
1: great great couple of days. How about you? Good, man. I'm uh, you know always doing improvements around the house. So there's a bucket <laughs> of paint ready for you to come help me do some uh, oil painting for, yeah, uh, I, I, for I the doors. I don't know if I'd show you my calendar, but I'm busy. Well, Sam, like you're next tall. You, you don't have to get on. My, I have to get a ladder to get the top. So I agree. Just, yeah. Well, if that's all I got to do, then
0: I'm there. there I'm you there. Go. <laughs> right. But no, before we get the show started today, I just wanted to tell everybody that if you have signed up to become a patron um, or you are a patron currently, most of the stuff has come in. Like I was really excited this week. Angela sent me some pictures of boxes like piled up side of the door, <laughs> the front of the house. I didn't know what they were for a uh-huh. minute and forgot about that stuff coming in. And uh, man, opened up some and there's these beautiful, just a guy in the pew, stoneware mugs. They're just, I'm so proud of the way they turned out. They're really nice. Uh, just beautiful pieces of work. The logo's really nice on them too. Those have come in. The koozies came in the other day. It was a big uh, box of those. I didn't know what it was. I opened it up and, and all those have come in. They've got the logo and the name and everything on the side of it. Uh, where you can put your soft drink or your beer or whatever, and then uh, of course the Columbia shirts are in too. So all that merchandise has been coming in. If you if you become a patron, we're going to ship that stuff out. If you had, you should really consider it, man. We we really want to treat the people that support us uh, well. So you know we we've put some time and some money into some great gifts for you guys that I just mentioned, but also you're going to get access to exclusive content. And I'm really excited to announce in a couple of days or, or maybe next week the list of people that I have compiled that are going to do interviews and there's some great folks. A lot of them I've just been blessed to develop friendships with over the last few years in ministry. And, uh, you know, guys like Krista and Jason Everett, um, Pete Burak, uh, Steve Ray. I mean, there's just a bunch of people that have agreed. Jonathan Rumi from the chosen, uh, that are going to start doing interviews with us that a lot of those interviews are going to be exclusive to patrons. So that's the reason you want to sign up, you know, yeah. that this, the cool stuff you get, the, the access to this exclusive content, and then also, of course, any anytime that you donate to us, you can be assured that your money is going to go directly back into supporting the evangelization efforts of Pew Ministries and Just a Guy in the Pew. And that's something else that's happened this week. We got the logos back in for Pew Ministries, and the website's being built for it, so there'll be a landing page for that, and we could start putting other things in there that we've thought about doing for a while now. So it's an exciting time to be following Pew Ministries and Just a Guy in the Pew, and, and uh, we thank you to those who have decided to sponsor us, and and uh, those who might you know consider it in the future. So thank you. Yes, thank you. All right. So on to the show. Uh, you know, I mentioned that we had the healing conference this weekend, and it was something. You know, I've never really spoken at a healing conference. I've never been introduced to that sort of uh, part of of ministry. You know, I mean, you're always on here. We're trying to help people through their issues, but you know, was, my eyes were opened up to a lot of things. And, and this conference covered everything from abuse to miscarriage to abortion to um, addiction all, all, all sorts of Damaged yeah. Yeah, wounds that are Everything. still yeah. open. Yeah. Everything and so you know some of the cool things about it was like we had prayer rooms and you know I got to pray in this room with Dr. Bob Schutz from the JP2 Healing Center he's another guy that's going to come on the interviews uh, after this weekend but um, the prayer rooms were amazing and, and and when I was in there with him I didn't know what he was praying about. I actually filled in for one of my counterparts that we had double booked something and So they asked me to jump in, and uh, when I went into the room, I didn't even know what we were praying over. And Dr. Bob told me it was over addiction. And as everybody knows, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know I suffered from a 17-year addiction to cocaine. You know, it started when I was 20 years old and ended when I was 37. And so it was just this providence that I was in there, and just I'd never been prayed over that way before. And just I started seeing all of these people that you know what they were what they were uh, suffering from, and it, it was everything from addiction to drugs, alcohol, food. Um, social networking you know I mean you know social media all that stuff internet porn obviously I mean there was just so much stuff and it just it opened my eyes and you know I'd given the talk the name of my talk was was healing from addiction cooperating with God's grace and I was nervous about it. Anytime you talk about addiction you know I could talk about it from my perspective but you know there's always going to be people that say you know well there's more than that you sure. know it can't yeah. just be about giving you know loving God and then you're better But, you know, I was able to do a couple live booths this weekend, and I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I just, I usually go in those and let them do Q&A and say, look, do you have any questions about the presentation? Well, in all three of them, I started telling my story a little bit again um, and told them you can go to the talk to see the rest of it, but it shared a little bit. And then started, people said, how do I beat back addictions in my life? How are you successful with it? You seem like you've just gotten past it. How are you never going back to cocaine? How are you getting past these things in your life? And so I thought today, you know, when I got done with that live booth yesterday afternoon, we went for an hour and a half. We we're only supposed to go in an hour, but people just kept asking for more. And I was blown away by the way that God, you know, spoke to people through me in, in, that, in that hour and a half. Because afterwards, it was the first time ever I had people, something like a hundred and, and some odd people say, please email me. They're sending me their email addresses. Please send me this live booth. And I was so touched by it. And, and I asked some of them, I said, what did you enjoy about it? And they said, you have given me a plan that I think can act, I can actually put in place in my life to beat back addiction. So when I started to think about what we're gonna do on the podcast today, I, I kept trying to wrestle with God and said, well, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. And he kept going, John, look at what happened yesterday. Look at how many people were touched. Like you have another platform where you can share what you shared there and hopefully it'll help people. And and we haven't really, we've talked about my addiction, but we haven't talked about how to combat addiction in our life, you know? so." And some steps. So, I wanted to answer the question how did I um, beat back addiction in my life? How did I get out of it? So, you know, very quickly, um, the grace of Jesus Christ, right? Like, that's (laughs) it, sounds cliche ish, but Mm -hmm. that's what happened. Like, I could not have done it without Jesus, without Him in my life. Um, You know, it's like St. Paul says, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I tried so often in my life to do it by myself, and I failed miserably and miserably and miserably over and over again so you know first of all to 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 talk about this we need to talk about like how do we find ourselves in addictions and in you know i'm going to try to do in in less than 20 minutes what we did in in a while last night but um first of all we're in we're in search of something right for me it was validation i was seeking validation you know i've talked about my relationship with my father i was always seeking his approval and and uh for him to say he was proud of me and loved me and and all of that, I lost community in my life, so I was seeking community and validation and approval and affirm and affirmation. We're all seeking something, right? And when we don't receive those things that we're seeking, or we don't have that in our life, then we start to fill that hole with other things, right? We try to numb the pain, deaden the pain. We start to self-medicate, you know, to fix our own wounds, um, whether it's a wound that we was self-inflicted or inflicted by others in our life. And so we're always in the search of something, and when we when we, we don't know that what we're searching for is actually God, we begin to fill that hole in our lives with something else. And it's never enough, right? Like, when we're trying to find that happiness and that joy in something other than God, you're just trying to fill that hole, but it's never enough, so we wind up with these addictions, right? We're just trying to medicate, and you never, it's just like taking, you know, if you take three Advil a day, you're eventually, you're gonna have to take more to deal with the pain, right? Because you're just, your body's gonna become used to that. So when we start dealing with these addictions, like it's never enough, and that's why they become addictions. We need more and more and more and more, and if it's drugs or something, then eventually you can die from it because it, it truly is never enough until your system can't handle it anymore. But that's the thing, like that's how we wind up with those addictions. Is just trying to find something, trying to find our happiness, our joy, searching for things, trying to medicate our wounds, and so we wind up with these with these uh, addictions. And so people were asking me, like, what does it take? And I, you know, I've never really sat down and and looked at my life at, you know, what did I have to do to, to, to never do cocaine again? Um, now there's several things on here we've talked about in different shows that I'm going to intertwine today in this, that I just, last night I asked the spirit to speak through me and, and boom, here, this all came out and, and it just helped a lot of people. So I want to share that here. And, um, you know, basically to start off with what it takes, You know, I can remember looking back at my life and never becoming open about it. Like, I knew I had a problem. And I think most addicts know, whether it's food or whatever, like, I know I have an issue. I I know that I I weigh, like, I'm obese. Or I know that uh, I'm I'm buying drugs every day. Or I'm drinking 20 beers a night. Like, you know that fact. But the problem is we don't admit it. We never want to admit it. When we start to admit it, we start to tell ourselves, oh, you got this, right? Like, it's not a problem. You can stop anytime you want to. You're just blowing off steam like everybody else. And that's what we tell ourselves as addicts. And that's the lies the devil feeds into you, right? You're good. You're okay. Don't worry about it, man. You're comfortable. All those things that we've talked about in here before. But we have to become, first of all, in the steps to 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 beating back these addictions in our life, we have to become vulnerable. You know, and we've talked about vulnerability a lot here, but like I want to talk about three unique ways that we have to become vulnerable. And first of all, like the root word of of vulnerable is vulnus, the Latin word of that. And it literally means wound. Like that's what it means. So to become vulnerable is is to open up, to pull back that wound, to rip that scab off. So often in our lives when we're suffering from addictions, we want, we want to cover that up. We want to hide it. We just want to wrap it in bandage and pretend it doesn't exist and hope that it goes away on its own, but it doesn't. And so what we have to do is by becoming vulnerable is to rip that scab off of our arm or our leg or you know, whatever it is in our in our body that we're wounded, we have to rip that off and allow the healing graces of God to come in. Right? We can't heal on our own. Like that, that wound needs to bleed. It's going to hurt. You know, I mean, the wounds hurt. Those things need to happen for it to to heal properly. Right? Just covering up isn't ever going to, isn't going to heal anything. So, you know, we have to look at like St. Paul here, right? St. Paul asked God with a thorn in his side to remove it three times, right? God, remove it, remove it, remove it. And God kept saying, no. He kept saying, my power is made perfect in weakness. And then St. Paul went on to say, obviously, that. If I'm to boast, I need to boast my weaknesses, my hardships, my my uh, insults, all of those things because when I'm weak, I'm strong. So we have to understand as addicts that we have to allow ourselves to become vulnerable. We have to admit, first of all, to yourself that there's an issue in your life. Uh, that's one of the biggest
1: problems. It's one of the things that people refuse to do or don't do, not do, and that's why they can't start the process. Well, you're identifying something about addiction, I think it's more so for people who know they're, they're, there's a problem, like you said. But what about those that are loving someone who's going through it, like a parent or spouse or a friend? When you see, identify that, how can that person assist and step in and help that individual?
0: Well, I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, it really is. I mean, you have to you have to love unconditionally sure, in yeah. that. Um, you know, there is a time and a place where somebody who just refuses to come out of addiction, then a person has to make a choice in their life. But um, you have to, you always have to be there supporting and, 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 trying to be someone who um is always like here's the thing when you're when you're living with somebody that's addicted you're you're receiving all of the the bad stuff from that person's addictions like you're not you're receiving their selfishness all this stuff and so there's so much to put up in and that's why there's alan on and all these things for people that they're that dealing with people that that uh suffer from, from addictions but what what you have to do in that situation is understand that a lot of what's coming from this person is not directed yeah. at you. Right, yeah. It's not you, it's not you. It's this yeah. person that is has surrendered and is controlled by these other things. So you have to do your best to support people, get them into things that can help them, um, and love them, and continue to try to be Christ in their life, even when it's hard, right? But there does come a point where, there's also a point where you have to make a decision, too. But but it starts, I mean, the, the thing is, you're never gonna be able to cure that person. Right? They're gonna have to cure themselves, and that's why I'm trying to give these steps today is because It has to speak directly to the person that's addicted because they're the only ones that can make this change in their life. So, I mean, second of all, you have to, you have to become vulnerable with God, right? Here's the thing. Like first, when we've, when we've admitted this to ourselves and that's what I eventually had to do, I had to eventually say, you know what? I have a problem. I can't stop. I can't do it on my own. And if you look at AA and all these things, that's what they say. Like you have to submit to a higher power. You have to realize that you cannot do this on your own. Well, obviously when I hit that jail cell, that's when I began to realize, look where I've gotten myself, look where I've gotten on my own. I cannot do this. So after I'd become vulnerable myself, I'd admitted this to myself. Then I had to become vulnerable to God. So when when I got out of jail and started trying to get gather back my faith, I went to the confessional and went to God and I just said, I can't, I can't stop this. Right? Like I look at what I've done to my life. I have tried everything. I know that I have walked away from you. I've turned my back on you. Um, I don't deserve this, but I surrender, like I surrender everything to you. I cannot do this on my own. And that's why Jesus says my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, that yoke is made for two. He wants to carry those burdens for us and he wants to give us the grace and the, and the, the mercy and the love and the healing to be able to move forward in our life. We can't do it on our own, you know? So you have to go in there and admit that you can't fix it yourself and allow him and ask him into your life to handle those things. Now that may seem cliche, it may say, okay, well great, that's easy, go in there and tell Jesus. But how does that actually affect change in my life? Well, you have to you have to surrender, right? Like you have to mean it when you go in there. We did, We've talked about surrender a lot lately, but you have to realize like I have tried to control my life, I've tried to white knuckle the steering wheel, and look where it's got me. I've wrecked everything in my life, I've wrecked every relationship, I'm so lonely, I'm so isolated, I'm so broken, I'm so alone but you're never really alone. You have that one person that's with you all the time in your life, and that's Jesus, and he's been there with you. You know, when I've told my story, I go back and I realize now, and, and Melissa Foley, my friend that did help put on the conference, she helped me realize this praying with me, was that she said, John, God never left you. You know, she said he, he, he was there in the officer that gave you the phone to call your wife in the back seat when he had no reason to, right? When, when that's probably not regular protocol, um, he was there when when your wife showed up and said, "I'm not going to divorce you." That was God. When your dad showed up outside of the jail, that was God. When that that priest in Bruce, Mississippi, that you'd met once in your life said, "Everything's going to be all right." God wants me to tell you that. That was God. Father Martel that picked me up and and carried me into my spiritual life in that time. That was God. So we have to remember that like we're never alone, even though we may feel like it. But there's always that God's always there for us to support us, and and He wants the best for us. It's time in our lives that we started wanting the best for ourselves. So by going and submitting to God, you're basically saying, here, I can't take this anymore. I remember those are my exact words. I was in tears and I said, Lord, I can't handle this anymore. I can't, I'm going to die or I'm gonna lose everything in my life if I don't give this over to you. And then you have to trust and believe that he's gonna give you the strength and the courage and the perseverance and the fortitude to, to be able to do that. But you have to mean it in your life and hopefully you're a person that could do this before you're brought to your knees. Right. And you could do this of your own volition. Some of us it's gonna to have to be where you land. But I wanna say the third the third thing that you have to become vulnerable with is with others. Right? We need people. We've talked about that before. We need our brothers, we need our sisters, right? We need people that can walk with us towards virtue and holiness. They're gonna hold us accountable. That's the reason that every every AA program or any kind of um assistance with, with addiction always Want you to have someone to walk with in your sponsor, life, yeah, yeah, you know, sponsor yeah. sponsor or support because you need somebody. It's the same reason that Jesus sent out disciples two by two because he knew that they were going to fall on their own and they needed some support. So you've got to find people in your life, and for you and for me, at least for me in the group, you know, with a speaking of addiction, that men's group that we've had meeting for every Wednesday for four years has absolutely been that. You know, I have people in my life that can call me out when I'm when I'm behaving in ways that that lead back towards addiction and and those old tendencies and uh and guys that want to pull me back to good when i'm walking away from that when i'm not being the best version of myself so that's the other thing with the vulnerability is having people in your life now the next thing i would say um that i took people through last night is humility you know and that's what you have to have to surrender right you finally have to just be humbled you have to say you know (laughs) i can't do this and particularly like you look at what god does for us god wanted to be one with us so he made himself small so small that he's this little wafer-shaped piece of, of bread that, that so he could come into our bodies and be one with us. We have to do the same thing for him. We have to become small to be one with him. We have to get out of the way. We have to give up that control. We have to say, you know, Lord. We have I, to decrease. Yeah, he increases, right, yeah, right, right. Like mm-hmm. I can't, and that's the thing. Is So many people last night said, I don't know how to give up control of my life. Well, guess what? I didn't either. I didn't either, and it scared the living hell out of me Every morning I just started to get up and say, Lord, I don't know what this means and I don't know what it's going to cause and I don't know what the consequences are, but I need you to take over my life. I cannot run my life properly. I cannot do the things I need to do. I failed as a father and as a husband and as a friend and as an employee and everything else trying to do it my way. I need you. And that humility, God is always going to reward that, right? Because everything that Jesus taught us is about humility and meekness and surrender. And and, and as guys, let's face it, we don't like those words. We don't like submit or surrender or give up because that means that we have to give up control and we don't like it. But God asked us to do that so that he could take the wheel and he can bring us back to this place that he envisioned for us to be from the get-go, you know, to get us back on that narrow road. So and we have to remember like with humility that that you asked earlier about, you know, some supporting somebody in the house. Well, one of the toughest things I remember is like with Angela. I was trying to prove to her that I was changing, right? So I could be different. Like, and, and she was hurt by me, right? So she always thought the other shoe was going to drop. Like, I'm waiting for the other shoe. Like, sure, you love Jesus now and you're being better. But, you know, three weeks, a month, two months down the road, it used to hurt. And I used to be angry and I used to get mad. Why didn't she believe me? And why didn't everybody in my life, they're supposed to love me. And why don't they believe me? Don't they see what I'm trying to do? But we have to remember that we're the ones that painted that picture of them for them of who we are. We're the ones that that broke their trust, we're the ones that hurt them, and we're the ones that have to rebuild that trust. And so I had to stop caring about the opinions of others. And that sounds harsh, but I had to start saying, you know what, God's the only opinion that matters, God's the only one that knows truly my heart, and God's gonna lead me to the path to showing other and proving myself worthy of love again and of trust and all of these things. And the only way I can do that is through Him. And so that's another part of that humility It's just remembering i have to surrender and i have to give all this up and i have to become small and i have to finally say god i don't want any of this anymore i want you to take every bit of my life and with you following you and trusting you i know that you are good and you always will the good for me you know a lot of times with addicts we tell god and we tell ourselves we're bad or that we're, there's nothing good in us or that we're not worthy but god doesn't make anything bad god never makes anything bad he makes everything good we make bad decisions in our lives that pull us into a place that we wind up in. But God didn't make you inherently bad. He didn't. He doesn't make bad things. He creates wonderful, wonderful things, and in, in, including us. And so we have to be able to remember um, that that God is there to help us find our way back to that. Um, the other thing I would talk about is, you know, the thing about uh, drugs or any sort of addiction is it makes you selfish. Whether it's porn, whether it's um, it, it's food, whether it's, it's, it's binging social media, whatever it is we're addicted to, it makes us say, I want what I want and I want it now, right? It preys on our inherent selfishness. And so what we have to do is start to become what Christ called us to, to become, is, is to be a gift, right? Because the whole time we're addicted, we're all about ourselves. Everything is about us. We learn to objectify people and use people. And so that's why we leave a waste of, of, of broken relationships in our life because people have enough, right? People walk out, they leave you. Said, so I'm tired of being your punching bag. I'm tired of being, you know, your your person that you yell at because you're irritable because of you know whatever addiction you have in your life. Yeah. I'm tired of being your punching bag. So that selfishness is just bred upon by that, by 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 our addictions. And the devil preys on that. So we have to learn to become what Christ called us to become, which is gift. You know, I mean it, it preys on our national our natural proclivity for selfishness. And that's why we ruin so many of those relationships. So it has to stop being about us. That's the one thing that keeps me more away from addictions in my life than anything, is realizing I'm here to live for others. And then I have to make up for all that time that I was so about myself. And so everything I try to do with my life now is trying, whether it's this podcast or with my wife and my kids or something at church or friends or helping somebody move or whatever it may be, like... It's, it's all about being a gift in someone else's life. It's all about trying to atone for those things that I've done, right? And trying to remember that this is what Christ calls us to. And if I live in this, then I don't ever have to worry about going back to those addictions because I don't want to be selfish in my life. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to be all about myself. And so these are the steps that I have found in my life, you know, becoming vulnerable with myself, God, and others with, with, um, with becoming humble, you know, and everything that I try to do is trying to become humble, that doesn't sound like a humble thing to say, but trying to live humility in my life, no matter what, and then surrendering control to Jesus, and then trying to live the rest of my life, whatever time that is, serving God and serving others. And that, to me, has been the key of what's able to keep me from falling back into addiction to my life.
1: I think for people who have gone through that end route of finding out that they become a gift, they find a whole new understanding of love. Um, love of self, love of God, and there's more more compassion with others, I think so. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what you're talking about is that once you reach that level of once you humil- humility, surrender, and when you realize you're becoming a gift to others, you experience a level of love that was probably never attainable to you because you were so consumed in self-care. Right. right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, the,
0: and the thing about just one final point of vulnerability that I wanted to mention that I just now remembered was um, you look at Jesus. You know, people say, "Well, how do I know God's going to help me?" Well, look how vulnerable Jesus was in the garden, right? He was he was crying tears of blood. He was scared, he was afraid. The human side of him was afraid. He knew everything that was going to happen to him. Every whip, every every punch, every beard pull, every every slap, all of that. He knew every bit of that he was going to have to go through because he was God. He knew about what was going to happen. And so he was sitting there pleading with God, "Let this cup pass for pass from me. Let this cup pass for me." And when he became vulnerable vulnerable about how scared he was, and how he needed God's strength, what did God do? He answered that by giving him his strength to go and fulfill his mission, to finish what he had started, right? He as soon as God as he started becoming vulnerable to God, he got up from there and he said, It's time, right? And they came into the garden to rest him and then he started his passion. But the only way he was able to go through that was because God gave him the strength. When he when he became vulnerable and he showed God he needed his help. God was there to answer him. God was there to give him what he needed, right? His father was there to give him what he needed. And it'll be the same way for us. Jesus is always the roadmap in everything in our life. All we have to do is look at what he did and the things, the way that he lived his life and the way that he's calling us to live ourselves. And through that, we can find the answers for every problem we have, no matter if it's addiction or any other thing in our life. And and that's the thing, like if we depend on ourselves, we're gonna fail with our addictions, we just are. We cannot, we have proved that. The reason we have an addiction is because we couldn't handle it by ourselves. So we have to admit those problems. We have to do the things and follow the guide that God has put in our life to be able to to overcome these things and ultimately become what he has asked us to become. So if you're struggling out there with this, look, you're not alone. There's a lot of people out there that are with all sorts of addictions. My eyes were open to that this weekend, but every single one of them can be, can be overcome with the power of Jesus Christ through his healing graces. We just have to be humble enough to ask for them. So if you haven't checked out that conference, you could still go out there and get a pass to it. It's over this weekend, but I I would recommend that you do if you're struggling with addiction or any other sort of wound that needs healing. Uh, It was a great experience out there. And also, you know, we've got a lot of resources for this in some of the shows that we've done. Um, You know in some of the Gospel Reflections, some of the talks I've given on the road. You can find all of those at justaguyinthepew.com. So check those out. But my brothers and sisters, look, all things are possible with Christ. He lives in you. He strengthens you. You just have to believe it yourself and ask Him to come into your life and take care of the things that you can't take care of yourself. So let's ask for that now in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, so many people in the world today suffer from addictions. We self-medicate and drown ourselves in vices in an attempt to fill holes in our lives that can only be filled by you. Help us to become vulnerable and humble enough to surrender to your mercy. And Father, whenever we try to fill our hearts with other things, remind us that we will be restless until we rest in you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.